It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for the final game for the San Jose Sharks before they head into the NHL All-Star break. Obviously, they are coming off a big win last night, 2-0 against Seattle, a game that was, uh, well, pretty rough for the first two periods. Then finally, the Sharks woke up and got a big go-ahead and game-winning goal from Mark Edward Vlasic and then the uh, empty netter from Jan Ruta, which means that Mark Edward Vlasic and Jan Ruta have about seven goals combined in the last eight games after having none previously up to this point of the season. So yeah, it's been a it's been a nice turn of events. It's been a very, very feel-good atmosphere for the San Jose Sharks as they keep on winning games, and no surprise that it coincides with the return of Logan Couture, who is still searching for that first goal, but it feels like it'll be coming sooner rather than later. Now, obviously, tonight, a difficult situation as they do take on the Anaheim Ducks on the second night of a back-to-back -back on the road. They left after the game last night, got in, probably got into their hotel rooms sometime around I don't know, 1 to 2 a.m. and uh, get a quick sleep and a quick turnaround before they have to be back out there on the ice. But I think San Jose knows that a lot of this game is going to come down to the first period. They've got to get their legs ready. They've got to be hot out of the gate and be able to withstand Anaheim, who's had a couple of days off, and will certainly be bringing the heat and trying to knock the Sharks out of it earlier, get them chasing a the game on the road. So we will see what San Jose has to offer. Um, to talk about all things Anaheim as we get ready for this game, we are now joined by Alexis Downey of Duckstream, pre and post host there, as well as a content creator for the Anaheim Ducks overall. Alexis, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing great today. Uh, just wrapped up some stuff in the morning, talked to our coach, and getting ready for the rest of the day. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. The uh, The atmospheric river has arrived here in the Bay Area. I believe that's heading your way next. Do you guys still have clear <laughs> skies in SoCal, or is it uh, starting to cloud up? We, we do still have the clear skies, but I've heard that we're going to get a lot of rain in the next week. It's the beauty of playing an indoor sport this time of year. I, I'm like, you know what? It might be pouring and cold outside, but it's actually, it's pretty nice inside. So we, we've we won that battle as I laugh when I watch NFL games and people are in negative 30 windshield, but you know, yeah. I digress. Um, so uh, Alexis, let's, let's go back a little bit because when you and I spoke earlier this year, um, things were going much better for the Ducks and I, you know, I, I be believed that they were ready to take that next step. So what happened to where it was like, oh, this team looks like they're ready to take that next step and be a playoff team to where they've kind of backtracked to where they are now? Yeah, I think it's been a multitude of things, honestly. Um, there's been some struggles with the consistency in the full 60-minute game from, you know, some of the guys. Um, lack of depth scoring, we've seen that kind of plague the team a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, it's been an improvement. I still think about last season on the end of, you know, they, they're not giving up as many shots in each game, but mm -hmm. there's just been the struggles of it's, – it's really been a second period for – the ducks that they've struggled in those second frames in each game. But 
Uh, it's been a multitude of things. And then also just on the end of injuries, injuries have really hurt the team over the last couple months. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to find consistency when so many guys are coming in and out of the lineup. Yeah, obviously that's, you know, something we've seen with San Jose a lot as well. And, you know, injuries, um, you know, and guys coming in and out, it doesn't help with the continuity of things. Um, you know, obviously Anaheim's been playing a little bit better as of late four, five, and one in their last 10, which I'm, I'm sure is not something you're thrilled of, but you know, compared to where the things were going, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, that's a relative stabilizing of things. Um, is there a feeling that they've maybe turned a corner or they can start kind of playing in a better direction or is it still kind of game to game? See how it goes. Yeah, I think that head coach Greg Cronin likes to take things one game at a time. He's he's never someone that likes to look ahead too much. And I think one of the focuses for this point in the season based on, you know, where the team is at is just developing players and just trying to grow their own individual games um, because we do have, you know, so many of those younger faces in the lineup and we are missing some of them still. But I think that the team, you know, they they still want to win and that's that's never been a question, you know. But it's it's about just trying to find, you know, more improvement in, in some of these guys' games night in and night out, trying to find that consistency a little bit more. But obviously still trying to win games as much as they can because, you know, no one likes to lose. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that we've we've dealt with a bit of that since the beginning of the season. But I think overall, uh, you know, that the attitudes are still good in the locker room and every day you know they're it's just been really interesting watching the changes in the lineup um and changes in the lines each game so yeah it's always that you know you could be talking about the sharks which is so um interesting <laughs> here um now obviously the ducks have not had the two double digit losing streaks that the sharks have had with um you know the sharks were 11 straight winless to start the year and then lost 12 in a row from december into january which uh was not fun for lack of a better description. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm curious because I, I, you know, the fans in San Jose have a relative understanding of the path that they were going down of. And the team has been more open about, you know, using the term rebuild. And I think that, you know, there's patience, um, but also a relative impatience because everybody wants the team to win again. What has been your take on how fans have been reacting to things with the ducks, um, you know, as they go through their respective rebuild, although they're a little bit ahead of where, the Sharks are in terms of how long they've been um, committed to it. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's been a lot of ups and downs. I mean, it's been exciting to see, you know, the NHL debuts of some of these younger guys, Olin Zellweger, the latest of that group. Um, fans are really excited to see some of those pieces that we talk about as we build towards the future, um, you know, playing at the NHL level and seeing what they can do. So I, I think that they get, you know, that, that sense of excitement when they get to see that. Um, but certainly it has been tough on the end of just losing games. And um, it, 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 I will say overall, though, I, I feel like the fans are understanding of where the team is at and they they don't have, you know, these high expectations, uh, maybe, maybe a little bit in the beginning when the Ducks were on that winning streak. Uh, but I, I think now that, you know, they've been able to see about 50 games of the season and just seeing the younger guys um they the fans are more understanding of okay this is a process it takes time but we have these great pieces um as we build towards the future and obviously you know the trading of jamie drysdale was a big part of uh news i would say for 
the fans when they found that out. Um, a lot of a lot of mixed emotions on that end, but you know, excitement too in the player that we're getting in Cutter Gauthier. So, I think it's it's a lot of up and downs, as I'm sure you understand as well. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about uh, Cutter Gauthier because that was such a a wild situation, and I felt like we only got certain parts of the story. And as the internet does, the internet rolls and will drag guys, which I always think is unfair because we really only get limited information. But, you know, I've seen the interviews, you know, he seems like a very obviously talented, but also just kind of a, you know, an upstanding, good young dude. I'm curious what your experiences were. Yeah, I had the chance to speak with Cutter right after the Ducks acquired him. And overall, I mean, just very impressive, especially for his young age. You know, he's only a sophomore at Boston College right now, but so impressive. Um, You know, he was a part of the World Juniors recently, Mm -hmm. and he had a big goal at the World Juniors, you know, sending them to the championship game. His season at Boston College, he's been having a great year. Um, and their team is ranked high in the standings. You know, they, they've been around one or two most of the season with BC. So uh, just in watching his game, I mean, he's a he's a bigger forward. And that's something that, you know, GM Pat Rubik really likes. He likes the, the size in some of our guys that we're trying to develop. And um, Cutter was he's highly sought after in the sense of, you know, the, the Flyers got him. They knew they were excited to get him into the organization. Things didn't work out there. And. The Ducks are, I feel like, very lucky that we're able to get a player like Cutter. And Pat Verbeek even said, you know, he was someone that he had his eye on at the draft. It didn't work out at the time, but he's always been someone that he's really liked and has a very, very high ceiling and could fit fit in very well with the Ducks, especially just in in looking at someone, you know, to play alongside Leo Carlson into the future. It, It was a guy like Cutter that really fit that mold. I know Sharks fans, the reaction was, uh, of course he has to come to the Pacific Division. <laughs> looks, there's so much potential. I mean, that's the thing is like you watch the film, you see as you alluded to his play at the juniors. I mean, um, it's 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 eye-popping to say the least. And mm-hmm. um, obviously there were some young Sharks involved with that as well. So I think people got a good eyeful of it. Um, you know, one of the things that's popped up, um, and obviously people speculate as we get close to uh, February and then eventually the trade deadline in March, but people tossed Trevor Zegers' name around with with trade talks. Was that surprising to you? Just because to me, it seems like with the skill level, with everything that, you know, this he's a social media darling because people will share his highlight reel goals and assists and plays everywhere. It seems to me like that's a guy that you don't want, um, you know, to let go of. I mean, obviously any deal, any, you know, offer can be made clearly, but that was one that the talk kind of popped up where I was surprised of. And obviously that's not a smoke is fire thing, but, you know, guys start speculating, but it's still just, I was surprised by it. Yeah, I I feel like that was kind of our reaction to, honestly, in Anaheim. Um, He's someone that, you know, we we signed in the offseason, three-year contract. We want him to be a part of the Ducks' future. He's already been such a big part of it in his last couple seasons. So, uh, you know, I I think that maybe seeing Jamie Drysdale traded away, you know, that's his best friend, a guy that um, he's been able to grow alongside, even though obviously Drysdale has had his – injury issues and uh you know hadn't played nearly as many games but I think that it kind of made people realize oh you know anyone could be traded if the Ducks are willing to send away Drysdale but I don't think that that's something that you know anyone here in Anaheim um looks at because you know they they see a future with 
Trevor Zegers here. And obviously with his contract staying with the ducks, um, I, I think he's definitely a part of the plan for the future. And, you know, living, living in SoCal is something that I know he enjoys too. So mm-hmm. I, I think that he's, he's in on wanting to stay with the Ducks. So it was a bit surprising that that all came up. And then unfortunately, you know, he got injured and has been out. So um, just sort of weird timing, how all that happens sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's also interesting because I feel like the pressure uh, for younger stars in the NHL has really ratcheted up in the last few years. And I think that's particular because of, particularly because of social media, right? Like we didn't mm-hmm. used to see as many of the clips of these guys when they were young players in college or whether they were with juniors or wherever they were playing, just because we didn't have the same access to the highlights. But now whenever a young player does something exceptional on the ice, it'll go viral in the hockey, you know, social avenues. People will talk mm-hmm. about it, which puts more eyeballs on them. And it's, you know, cause we see it here with William Eklund in San Jose and, you know, there are people who are saying, oh, well, you know, I thought he'd be better right now. And I'm kind of like, well, guys, you know, we have 32 points through 50 games. Like maybe <laughs> maybe we shouldn't right. be focusing on the, uh, you know, the guy who's played in his first full season in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, you know, maybe, you know, when LeBron James was 16, he had this time of pressure on him. But otherwise, it was, wasn't really until guys were in college and it was mostly, you know, the high-level prospects of basketball and football that got this type of scrutiny. But now it's it's clearly come across to the hockey world as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting how that has changed. And I agree that social media plays such a big part in it. I know that, you know, Trevor Zegers, he's been marketed as one of the faces of the NHL and he's had that pressure on him the last couple, um, you know, the last couple of years. But now, you know, if you look at his numbers this season, not necessarily producing offensively as much as he has been, and that's been a subject around him, but in some ways, I'm not surprised because I know that when he signed that contract in the summer, one of the biggest emphasis in his game was just getting better defensively, not just being that offensive guy, but trying to be more of a defensive player. And, you know, he has made strides on that. And especially right before he was injured, it was unfortunate because he was playing, you know, really well overall. So um, certainly quite a big influence social media has had, especially for his career because of uh, you know, he's got, what, three Michigan goals now, three <laughs> lacrosse-style goals now in the NHL, not something that anyone has ever really seen much of before. So he's always going to have eyes on him, just no matter where he is. Yeah, no, it's it's so much fun to watch. Um, what are you looking for from the team tonight? They've had a little bit of rest going into this game against San Jose, whereas San Jose obviously played last night, and uh, I'm sure the Ducks are going to want to jump them in the first period. Yeah, I think that that first period is going to be important just in listening to head coach Greg Cronin this morning, just talking about how he wants the team to come out really aggressive. And it's going to be about how hard, you know, the Ducks compete in this one, especially because we are, you know, the last game before the all-star break. So uh, they always say, oh, guys might be checked out. Well, I know that it's going to be important, at least on the Ducks end, to just compete hard. And like you mentioned, a couple days off, they got back from the road trip pretty late on uh, Sunday morning, rather, it would be late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So um, practice the last two days. But I think it's going to be an overall just being aggressive, competing hard, that that kind of style game from the Ducks. And uh, are there any big plans for you for the All-Star break? Any uh, mini vacations, 
staycationers that just uh, keep on grinding with a fewer games in the mix. <laughs> I actually will be coming up your way. I'm going to Tahoe for the break to get some Ooh, skiing in. And nice. I know that there's a snowstorm that's starting today. So I hope I can make it up there tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. You're going to get powder like you would not believe. I mean, it, we'll see. Are you driving up? Cause the grapevine, who knows where that, what that'll be like. But uh, yeah, if once you get to the slopes, it'll be killer. Yeah, I, I am planning to drive up tomorrow. So I've got some friends along the way. I guess I can stay at if I if I need to. But fingers crossed, I suppose. I'm I'm going to be flying back, but driving up, yes. Nice, nice. Well, as uh, yeah, as someone who's gotten stuck in the grapevine uh, on more than one occasion, fingers crossed for you. For sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> but Alexis, thank you so much for your time. As always, uh, enjoy the break and the slopes, and I'll be bugging you soon. All right. Thank you so much, Ted. You enjoy your break, too. Again, that is Alexis Downey of the Anaheim Ducks joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network as we get ready for tonight's game against the Anaheim Ducks. Remember, we are going to be live at the Plex. We've got a watch party going on. I will be there doing a live pregame show starting at 6 o'clock, which will take you all the way up to Dan Rusinowski's live pregame show at 7, and then the game time is a 7.30 go against Anaheim, but we do have some information coming out uh, earlier this morning. For instance, Shakir Mukamadoulin has been added to the AHL All-Star Game, so congratulations to him. Kapo Kakinen will be getting the start tonight. Burroughs is in for Emerson. Apparently, uh, he's got a day-to-day injury. I did talk with Emerson after last night's game. Um, he was uh, in a good mood. I didn't know that uh, he was injured per se, but um, you know, I thought that he played a good game last night and had a good role in getting that puck over to Mark Edward Vlasic on the eventual game winner. Uh, Tomas Hurdle will not play tonight, but apparently he is going to go to Toronto for the All-Star festivities. So that is uh, very, very exciting for him because we always want Tomas Hurdle in the All-Star game. He brings a level of excitement. He brings joy. He brings happiness to all those around him. And, you know, having the Sharks having a representative is important, especially in this downtime, because I think that, you know, the Sharks, while they're not the hot, sexy franchise in the NHL right now, you think back to where some other teams were a few years ago before they, you know, turned it up and turned into good teams. And, you know, they had some players that we got to look at. And now we watch as being, you know, part of the day-to-day stars in the NHL. So while everyone knows who Tomas Schertle is, it might give them another reason to watch a few more Sharks highlights and maybe check in a little bit more as the Sharks go through this rebuild and try to get themselves back into a contending spot sooner rather than later. And we don't know exactly when that is going to occur, uh, but I do feel good about where the Sharks are right now, where things are headed, and what they can uh, do going forward as they find themselves in the midst of restructuring, retooling, rebuilding, and making themselves a team for the future as much as they are fighting hard today. I think last night's game was a very pertinent example. Through two periods, you didn't have much going your way, but they also did not let the game get away from them. They did not let Seattle go out there and score some big goals, while the Sharks, while their overall chance generation was nothing to be excited about and they weren't getting shots on net, they did not let Seattle get good looks. And when they did get a good look, You had Mackenzie Blackwood there to make a big stop. So, you know, that type of stuff is huge for a team that is trying to find themselves and play for their future. I think going through these hard times and being a hard-nosed team in these hard times right now when you don't have the talent across the ice will make them a better team in the future. I have no doubt about it. Um, I am very much excited to see what this team is going to look like in a year or two for now, but I still enjoy the present. Every time I get ready to sit down and watch a Sharks game, I'm excited. Every time I get to the tank, I'm excited. When that puck hits the ice, anything can happen. 
And the Sharks right now have pulled themselves out of the bottom spot in the NHL. They've got 32 points. They're in front of Chicago. I know some of you don't like that, but you know what? This team needs to get some wins. This team needs to have feel-good moments. Uh, after tonight, there are a lot of games left. So for the San Jose Sharks, uh, just keep it rolling as they head into the break. All right, that wraps up for us. Join me at 6 o'clock for live pregame coverage, pre-pregame coverage, I should say, for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app, presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.